from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. Good morning and welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and this series is a tribute to women leaders making an impact in our community. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest today, Jessica Rantamaki. How are you today, Jessica? I'm great, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Of course. And did I say your name correctly? You did. You're one of all three people that have done that so far. I can empathize with that interesting last name because mine is Pierch, but it is largely mispronounced. So I'm glad. Thank you for uh, entertaining me writing it phonetically so that I could (laughs) I could say it properly. Um, Before I get too far ahead of myself, Jessica, Jessica is the business development specialist for Geo Hydro Engineers. Now that is a company that I see all over the place. I see through all of your social media efforts. I see you in the marketplace as we network together. But for our listeners who don't really know what you and your company do, give us a brief synopsis. Thank you. Yes, Geo Hydro Engineers is an environmental, geotechnical, and materials testing firm. We practice throughout the Southeast with five offices total, three offices in Georgia, headquartered in Kennesaw. Lawrenceville is our Gwinnett office, and Athens, Georgia is our third Georgia office. And as far as scope of work, we work on various construction projects. What we do is actually required by the building code, everything from phase one environmental assessments to uh, geotechnical site services, going through construction and materials testing, ensuring that a building that's being built is built according to the project specifications. Mm -hmm. One of our projects that's close to my heart is the Lawrenceville Art Center. Is that the Aurora Theater? The partner of the Aurora Theater, which is, yes, the home of a lot of the Aurora Theater productions will will occur there. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of the more recent Gwinnett projects that has come to completion and and is going to be open for Christmas Canteen. Oh, very exciting. Now, I know Anthony Rodriguez and also Ann Carroll, so I know they're very excited about um, what's on the horizon. I know they work very hard uh, within the arts community, so that's nice to know that you guys had a hand in that project. Yes. For those who might not know very much about it, like myself, does hydro, hydro meaning water, correct? Mm -hmm. What what does that have to do with what you guys do? Do you guys... It's an interesting question. We... We do work with the water industry, actually the, with various counties, Gwinnett County being one of them and the Department of Water Resources. Our scope of work as it comes to the water industry is really on the construction of dams, any uh, stormwater or wastewater infrastructure mm-hmm. that needs to be done. We get involved with the site work and the testing as those projects are being done to, to again, ensure that they're being constructed correctly. Correctly, very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and then I think you were mentioning something that you guys did with the UGA campus, which is noteworthy. So I'll let you share a bit about that. We, we we've, through our Athens office, we have been very fortunate to have the University of Georgia and, and many other university universities and, and colleges in the state of Georgia as our client. We've been very fortunate to work on student housing projects there, various buildings on campus, and uh, consider UGA and the University System of Georgia as a whole as one of our greatest clients, as well as if we're on education, uh-huh. Gwinnett County Schools. We have had the privilege to work for the school system here in the county for a number of years. Uh, Paul Duke STEM School was one of our projects, and being in the engineering field, we're extremely proud to have been a part of that as well. STEM is such an awesome and important um, program. When I was in school back in the day, let's see, <laughs> date myself, like in the early 90s, those programs did not exist. and Or maybe if they did, they weren't on the forefront right. um, available to folks. So I love seeing and, and hearing how involved uh, the community in the world has become to the, help me out here, what is it, science, technology, technology engineering, engineering, and math. And mathematics, yeah. yes. To those, um, those verticals. They're Absolutely. And it's it's very important for you to start really young, as as young as possible with children in, in K through 12 to know that that's a career path that they can take and also focusing on getting more young women involved mm-hmm. in in the STEM programs. STEM programs yeah. is another huge goal 
for me personally, as well as a lot of other women that I work with in the industry, we definitely want to promote that to to our the next female generation. Yeah. Absolutely. Population, yes. Well, thank you for educating me on geohydro engineers. <laughs> and for those who can't see, Mitch, you'll be able to see in the pictures, Jessica was so sweet to bring me a bottle of vino. And it's in this <laughs> awesome, like, uh, cooler type type carrier for the wine. So I can't wait to take this on a little picnic um, and well, enjoy this bottle. Thank enjoy. you for thinking of me. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so speaking of wine, we'll just mm-hmm. talk a little a little fun, and then we'll kind of sure. go, we'll, we'll hop in our time machine and uh, rewind just a bit. Mm-hmm. I know that you're a, a resident of Swanee. I am. And you participate in a lot of community things in Swanee. Sometimes I find out about events in Swanee through your Facebook page. Awesome. Because you're going with your husband and I'm like, all the time. Oh, it's the wine fest. <laughs> I didn't even know. So yeah. tell us a little bit about Swanee and some of the things that you enjoyed doing there and then how you kind of <laughs> got to Swanee because I know you sure. lived a previous life in Cobb. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, uh, yes, my husband Rick and I love the community of Swanee. We actually moved there because of the festivals and entertainment, naming two of them in particular, the Beer Fest and the Wine Fest, two of probably the most popular festivals in all of the Southeast, if not the universe, as my friend Nick Messino would say. But uh, Amy Doherty, who's also a very good friend of mine, we were both Leadership Gwinnett 2020 class graduates the best virtual class ever she is a great friend but also really brings the community of Swanee some fantastic events and it's really it's it's her and she always says it's she has a great team of people and I love it so much I promote it everywhere I go Uh, between the events in Swanee the restaurants the local businesses I know a lot of local business owners and especially after last year they need as much promotion as they can get very nice well i'm enthusiastic about swanee and then we'll we'll touch on this and then i'll lead into something else i think you'll know where Mm -hmm. i'm going Mm -hmm. um this year recently and i think it was august they had the button down dash that was leaving from swanee that was my first 5k in all 35 years of my life and it was a goal really set for myself yeah good for you i love running on the treadmill but running outside is a whole different element so my gwinnett business radio x team and i actually all completed it together (laughs) and i think you were at that race weren't you I was. Yeah, I was. Very nice. It was awesome. Loved it. So you are an athlete-ish. You enjoy running. Well, I would. I don't know if I'll go as so far as athlete, but sure. You I'll, enjoy running. Yeah, I enjoy running. Probably I enjoy my Peloton bike. Like yes, <laughs> I remember. Okay, hold on. And those for you, those of you out there who um, are Peloton enthusiasts, you can find her Bionic Spine. Is Bionic Spine name. is my Peloton name. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I, I do Orange Theory to balance out my wine consumption. Mm-hmm. Is that also why you run? Uh, yes, that's a big <laughs> part of it is is that and mental clarity. Mental clarity. So let's talk about some some setbacks that you had physically that mm-hmm. kind of took you away from your enthusiasm of running and then you kind of had to rebuild. And I'm speaking specifically mm-hmm. about an accident that occurred. Yes. But let's kind of give our listeners a little bit of uh, leading up to that. Okay. So I mentioned you moved uh, from Cobb County to Gwinnett and you said 2014. I did. I did. Tell us about that transition. So I was going through my second divorce and was really unsure of, of what my next step would be. But again, it was my second divorce. It's not something I hadn't done before. I'd been on my own. Actually, a lot of my life I have been on my own. I was raised my grandparents had a big part in, in raising me. Once I went to college, I really didn't look back. I was, I've always been self-sufficient and I always loved working. I was in college for two years in New York City, worked the entire time and uh, continued working through, through all of my both marriages and, and just enjoyed interacting with people. Mm-hmm. So after the second divorce, I was in Cobb and just wanted to get as far away from that area while still being in Metro Atlanta as I possibly could mm-hmm. and researched Gwinnett County and decided I'm I'm going to move here got my own apartment and got my own furniture again <laughs> <laughs> for the second time and just made made my own life and uh-huh. I I had a job I was able to support myself and that was the thing I I've always always been taught by my grandmother she she always said never be dependent on a man for, for your financial security and I have I have lived by that from, since day one are you an only child no I'm the oldest of four okay and uh, my brother lives in North Carolina and my two sisters are down in Florida so we're both we're all in the southeast mm-hmm. and I uh, have nieces and nephews but never had the opportunity 
I mean, I just never had children of my own. I guess I've always enjoyed working so much and spent so much time doing it that I, I never made that sort of time. So. And there's nothing wrong with that. I like to say I've been okay. married to my career gainfully for the past decade. There you go. Nor have I mothered any human children. Right. Only fur babies. Exactly. <laughs> and I do love my, I do have two dogs. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge rescue dog fan and had the opportunity to rescue. Now my, I, I've got two small dogs. Go ahead and na- go ahead and give their name. <laughs> so I have a chihuahua named Beyonce. Beyonce. And I have a minpin named Ruthie after Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, I love it. Yes. So, well, you were just talking about college, so I do yes. just want to—I want to tip my hat to you because you are a like lifelong student type deal. Yes, you graduated originally from where? Where did you? Go? Well, I went. I went for two years to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. Very I nice. had a—I had this grand vision in my head of working for Vogue magazine. I've always enjoyed writing and and loved the fashion industry. Well, doing that for two years, I. I missed Florida, so I went back to Florida and actually got into retail. So mm-hmm. so I really have only had, up until a few years ago, two years worth of college. And so I know, you're in school so now. I'm, I am in school. Congratulations. I am, I am a Grizzly. Thank you very uh-huh. much. I am, I am a Georgia Gwinnett College student mm-hmm. and studying political science and uh, in, with public administration as the focus and love the campus, mm-hmm. love the diversity of the campus. Just I'm having a great time being a student, especially at at my age, but also being a student around younger people who were I'm having conversations regularly with kids who are in their 20s and and we're exchanging all kinds of views. I'm sure you can offer a whole nother level of mentorship or real world um, experience to them that they might not have been afforded by their like age classmates. Yeah, it's a hundred percent, and I and I've brought this up to a few folks, and and I know you and I have talked about it too. But the other day, I was in a, we were modern political theory class, and we were talking about September 11th, and most of the none of the people in the class, other than myself and the professor, were even born, let alone I was in Literally. working. I was working at the time, so looking at life from their perspective versus mine, so and what I've lived through and what they're living through is. Totally, totally different. different. Yeah. Yeah. And then you aspire to um, go to law school. Very I exciting. I do. I, I would love to. Uh, and I've, I've had conversations with a few friends who are who are lawyers. And mm-hmm. I have some friends who are judges in the community and, and look to them as mentors because I've it's something that I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I've always been fascinated by the law. And finally, at this point in my life, I, I just feel ready to do it. Ready to do it. And what kind of law do you know? Do you have a favor towards any side, criminal justice? And it's it's funny, and I think as we go through our conversation, it may be more clear as to why, but um, it's really, at my age, look, next week I'll be turning 51. So (gasps) happy early birthday. Thank you. But going to law school. Thanksgiving? Like what day? It's on Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving? Yes. Yes. It's yeah. a whole nother of reason it, to be thankful. It, absolutely. This whole, uh, it's funny, we're doing the show uh-huh. the week prior to Thanksgiving because that's just thankful every day that every I'm day. that that I'm here. But, mm-hmm. but the opportunity to get a law degree, it's, it's not that at this age, I feel like law is going to be a new career for me. It's really more of what can I do with a knowledge of the law Damn. once I do retire to help people in the community because mm-hmm. I feel like... After a lot of things that I've experienced and witnessed, that's huge. Having a knowledge of the law and being able to help someone with it mm-hmm. without you know, expecting anything because it's a career mm-hmm. is, for me, yeah. a goal of mine. The, the power of knowledge. So for our listeners, as there's a large gap you're missing, I'll go ahead and kind of prelude into it. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2014, when Jessica moved from Cobb to Gwinnett, yes. uh, she had a life-changing experience. And I will let her take it from there. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Yeah. So so fast forward 2015, I'm, I, I actually met my husband now, Rick. Uh, Rick is an engineer uh, who is just an amazing person. And we, we met online and, and initially we met because we I saw his uh, dating profile and it had a picture of him at a running, at a race. Uh-huh. So I was really into running and said, you know, even if we don't hit it off and, and become, have a relationship, I said, maybe he, be he'd be somebody that'd be good mate. running buddy. Yeah. So we met and actually we met on the Swanee Greenway. Aww. And that was our very first date. And that's another reason why Swanee has a huge place in my heart. 
Wait a minute. So. Did you swipe and then he had a picture of him holding wine and you were like, that's it? Right. No, <laughs> actually, he was holding a medal. So I said, I know this guy is fast because he actually won a medal at a race. Wow. But so we got married in 2015 and we uh, moved to Sugar Hill. And two years in, July 1st of 2017, uh, my husband and I were invited to go out to dinner with another couple, very good friends of ours. And we were going, so we we went to downtown Atlanta. They picked us up, and we had a fun evening, come home. We are heading toward back toward Sugar Hill from uh, I-85, and turning onto a road. The, the back way to get to our house was on Sycamore Road from, from 20. Within 20 seconds of being on that road, again, it was dark. I thought we were going to die. The uh, We were involved in a collision, which was apparent after there was loud noise, glass. airbags explode, yeah. glass, crash. Yeah, I, it was very strange, the whole experience, even, even now, because I think about it every day. But mm-hmm. it was uh, a, a high rate of speed. Now, we this area that we were in was about a 25-mile-an-hour zone, but... The collision obviously felt way worse than that. So the other odd thing was is that the police were already on the scene. And what occurred was we were, we were the end result of a, of a police chase. And this was someone had stolen a vehicle in Forsyth County. And Forsyth County Sheriff spotted the stolen vehicle and chased them to into our county. So they were fleeing. That's so why they, they were, were fleeing. So fast. They were fleeing. They were going about 80 miles an hour and the road curved. And uh, it was it was two people, uh, a young man and a young woman who stole this vehicle. And and now, again, I'm, I'm finding out all this out later as I'm in the hospital. But yeah, yeah the, the police were already on the scene. So from from what my husband told me, he was trying to figure out how the police had already known that there was an accident because it was imme- it was pretty immediate. Right. The only thing that I remember distinctly is the side the side of the car that I was on when the accident stopped. I had the most excruciating pain in my back. Mm-hmm. We all four of us had our seatbelts on. Mm-hmm. And now Thank this God. was a, this was a head-on collision. We were in an SUV. We were in a head-on collision. Glass was everywhere. The entire side of where my husband was next to me, the entire side, the glass was, was broken out because of the accident. And I could see a body on the ground, on the street. Oh my God. And also when I turned my head to look left, I also noticed that my husband was bleeding from his head. And I guess when you bleed from the head, it, what the doctor said, it, it looks a lot worse than it yeah. was. He, he the, just some of the glass had shattered and cut his head, so oh, it yeah. looked like he was bleeding profusely. Okay. I had no idea. I was in so much shock, shock with my own pain. Yeah. But when I turned and saw a person crumpled in a crumpled mess on the ground, and then I saw the police, and then I see my husband bleeding, and my very good friend who was the Spray. driver, yeah. driver, she was obviously screaming. She was in pain. She she had had a, a leg injury. Mm. So I will say, I've said this to many people. I've actually been a participant in the Red, Blue, and You event. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple, yes, yeah. yes. Love him. Love the organization. But the it was pretty apparent that the first responders, I mean, they were there fairly immediate, though, as I'm sitting in the car, it felt like an hour, but they were there within minutes. Mm-hmm. And they took extreme care of getting me out of the vehicle because I knew enough to say, there, I think there's something wrong with my back yeah. because I've never it. felt a pain like that in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they got me to the hospital. And at the time it was Gwinnett Medical, now Northside. It's the, I, th- I believe it's a level two trauma center, mm-hmm. which is why they took me there. Yeah, come to find out through multiple scans I had multiple intestinal perforations, mm. and that's why I was also experiencing extreme abdominal pain. Yeah. Did so they took you away from? Oh, Rick. they took me away. But they Rick took, stayed there, or did you no, guys go Rick, together? No, they. So they, they. We had separate ambulances. Mm. Both went to the same hospital, mind you. Um, I didn't out. know what was going on with him, mm-hmm. nor him with you, nor him. Right, and it's very strange when you because you see a lot of medical shows on TV, like a lot of TV series. Yeah, and when they wheel you in from the ambulance. They always show that uh, view of the acoustical tile in the ceiling yeah. as the, you know, of trying to imagine being a patient. And, right. I'm, and I was like, 
wow, this, this is, is really seen. how it is. I'm because they had, they had me strapped down yeah. so well that I couldn't really move, and all I could see was the ceiling tile. ER. Is yeah. This, is this so that was anatomy? That was the um, that was just something I was I was equating it to. It was like, am I? I, just, I said, is this real? Is this really happening? And uh, it, yeah, it was really happening. They, but the the first responders, I mean, they tell you exactly what they're going to do to you as they're doing it. So they would tell, they told me they were going to inject me with something as I'm in the ambulance. I mean, it was uh, they they knew that I was very surprised being in the accident, and I feel like they do that so you are not surprised right. about anything that they have to do. do. So uh, yes. After multiple diagnoses of different things, they knew my spine was fractured. And the, the intestinal perforations, though, was the biggest issue because that's a life that, that could, they have to operate immediately. Right. So Dr. Nyla Avery, I always give her a shout out because I've had the opportunity to see her in the community. She was the trauma surgeon that took care of me. And um, I will never forget that woman as long as I live because I, I woke up. And she was at my bedside, and, and my husband was there. And she, yeah, th- there was a lot of work that needed to be done to repair what went on. So I had various tubes. I had a feeding tube, mm-hmm. so they had to feed me through a pick line. And then I also had to have a tube, they call an NG tube, down your throat. So it could help heal the healing process of your intestinal area so I basically was strung up like a like a Christmas tree I and I couldn't really speak because I had this very hard plastic tube going down my throat Mm -hmm. and of course I also had a morphine pump I I was in the most pain like I've, I've just never experienced anything like this in my life so the spinal injury was secondary and they had a a, the next day I believe a a spinal surgeon come in and and he was talking to my husband and I about saying, well, we think we're going to, we're going to try to let you, your spine heal on its own. Cause you've just had this massive surgery and Intestinal. we were going, the, the goal was to sometimes your spine can heal on its own. Fine. Well, the next day they scanned my body and he said, your vertebrae, there's something going on with your back that if we don't do a spinal fusion, there's a risk of paralysis. So I said, okay. So I just, I wasn't, I've, I'd already been under the operating table, you know, on the operating table for almost four hours the first time in tremendous pain. And then, and I was trying to figure out, I was like, so how are you going to operate on my back now that you've operated on my front? Right. How can I lay on my front? How can I lay yeah. on my, oh, and he, he was very confident, Dr. Ayer, and, and again, another doctor that I will never forget as long as I live. He says, we do this all the time. And I said, I, I bet you do. I said, I've just never experienced it, but I'm going to take your word for it. So, yeah, then I, the next, he scheduled me for a, a spinal fusion and um, had three metal pieces put in, into my spine uh, as a someone who ran eight miles the morning before the morning of the accident. I had run eight miles. Wow. And keep in mind, this is July 1st. Wow. My husband and I had signed up for the Peachtree Road Race. And that was a tradition that we had had. We met in June of 2014. We, we, so 2014, up until that point, we had run the Peachy Road Race together. And so that obviously wasn't going to happen. But I was, in my mind, I said, I'm, I don't know. I just don't know if I can get through this. I said, I, 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 if I am not able to not, not only run again, I said, what if I, if I, can't walk, walk or yeah. or if i if i walk strange or what if i need a walker yeah. how am i gonna I, I and and the pain i was experiencing was so tremendous that i just couldn't think about what was going to happen after, after this mm-hmm. i couldn't mentally i was completely destroyed yeah but i will say when i signed the paperwork to to being registered in the in the hospital mm-hmm. they they ask you know what religion are you mm-hmm. and i was raised catholic so I said, you know, I wrote Catholic on the thing, not thinking anything of it. But one, one day before the spinal surgery, two people had come in and the, the Catholic Church, I guess they, they look for people to come visit in the hospital. And St. Lawrence Catholic Church, a few folks from there had come in and, and wanted to give me the, the Eucharist. The, oh. the, they wanted to get, you know, like give me a Holy Communion. The Holy Communion, yeah. yes. 
think that's how long it's been since uh-huh. I've been to church. Said, I, oh I pointed goodness. to my, I pointed to the, like I was on a yeah. feeding tube. I wasn't, I was literally, I could not eat or drink water. They were, I was only getting water and nutrients from the pick line wow. in my veins. So I, there was, I, I motioned to them that I couldn't yeah. take it. And they asked, is there anything that you want? And at one point I said, I would like to see a priest. And mm-hmm. I think I just mouthed the words priest. Mm-hmm. And the next day, a priest from St. Lawrence Catholic Church showed up. When I, and I was, I think, I, and I was on morphine, so I don't remember, did I really <laughs> ask for the priest? Or, and he, he we, had a, we just had a, a, a conversation mm-hmm. about, I just sat there in tears and yeah. said, I, I don't know, first of all, I don't know why I'm still here, Father. I had a friend who lost a daughter in a car accident just six months before. She was only 23. Mm. I said, I don't know why I'm still here and my friend's daughter isn't. It doesn't make sense to me. And so he said, There's still work for you. He said, Well, he said, literally, he said, God's plan for you is not done yet. And me being, again, not, I've always been spiritual, but I, you know, was raised Catholic, so I kind of went away from that for a while. I just said, I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know why you're, what you're saying. What does that even mean? But he, he did. He prayed. He prayed with me. He prayed over me. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, I'm, I'm telling you, there's still things for you to do. Because, and so, I took that and I said, okay, well, I guess I really need to get through this. So, through all of this, I will say, my company had just really started getting active in the chamber only that like January of 2016. It was amazing as I'm laying in the hospital, I was getting emails and texts from like Megan Lesko with Mm -hmm. the chamber. I was getting emails and texts from uh, the city council members of of Sugar Hill. Mm -hmm. I had people visiting me from people that I had met through through the business, chamber, yeah. through business, that had come to visit me in the hospital and sat, sit with my husband when I was Aww. asleep. And because again, my husband, I had I had family coming in that I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen my cousin in, in years mm-hmm. and she came down from Connecticut. And that's when I was like, dang, this must be really serious. <laughs> Cause you know, just all these people started coming to, to visit. So I remember texting one of my very good friends in the construction industry. He was a construction superintendent. And I said, at one point, I said, Lynn, I don't think I could get through this. I am in too much pain. I said, I just, I think I just want to die. And he sent me a text right back. He goes, you are not that kind of person. He said, you are going to make it through this. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was the support system of my husband sitting there. um, The community. The community, my friends in the industry, my friends at the chamber. I didn't have any like local family other than my husband. So having a, a family members coming in to, to visit and sit with us was amazing. Okay. So it really, it really made me feel like I'm a part of this community mm-hmm. and sense of belonging. Correct. Correct. So that is wow. First and foremost, and I'm so glad that Rick was able to be by your side fairly quickly. Um, I assume that he recovered um, without yeah, too much. He had a, a, a major cut on his forehead that forehead that had to be stitched. And actually, he, he had a, a cracked tailbone. But other than that, he was able to be by my side. And I, I also have to say, I was recuperating for many months. I was in the hospital for almost three weeks. Again, really not even able to eat much. Uh, at some, one point, I was able to eat actual food again. But my employer, I don't know if I don't know if the people at my company know how much it means. I think I've told them many times. But I had only been with Geo Hydro for seven months, and I'm laying in the hospital saying I don't know if I'm going to have a job because the the fact is I'm going to it's going to take me months to recover. Right. Physical therapy. Speaking of which, I was going to ask you. Obviously, you had to do that. Oh yeah, they had. They actually had to send a home health care nurse because the wound that I had from the intestinal surgery needed actual wound care and treatment. Uh, I mean, I literally was hooked up to a wound vac, which is a whole other topic you could talk about for hours. But it's uh, it was a that was an experience. But it's it took a lot of healing for the spine and the intestinal injuries. But but. My my boss came to 
my husband and said, your wife will have a job. We just want her to get well and recover. Wow. And again, I felt like, wow, that it builds loyalty. Mm -hmm. It's not, for me, working for GeoHydro has really been a family experience. Like, I owe them a lot and, and because they, they were there. They were there like a family would be. And, Very early and, on. Exactly. And, and for me, having a, an employer that thinks that way about their employees means a lot more than, than you know, working for a huge corporation. So it instilled the fact that I had, I had people behind me mm-hmm. and I was, I was going to not take painkillers that were, I mean, the, when you go through an experience like that, let me tell you, the morphine had to stop after a certain amount of time, of mm-hmm. course, but there's a point where they're putting fentanyl patches on you. Mm-hmm. There's a point where you're getting prescribed, and this is all because I was in an extreme amount of pain. Right. It wasn't just because. But I, had, I realized that if I, was, if I became dependent on that, I, w- I probably could, sp- because my mental state was such that I could spiral downward and I feel like that's not a good place to be. So as soon as my husband picked me up from the hospital, I made it to the point where I had some prescriptions and I told him, I said, look, I said, don't get most of that stuff filled. I said, I think I just wanna like try this on, on Tylenol mm-hmm. and see, because I really was worried that, because I've heard so many stories, stories yeah. about addiction. Mm-hmm. I just I just didn't wanna use it as a crutch. As a crutch. Yeah. And he's like, are you sure? And I said, I said, I'm at 100%. So, yeah, we made it through that, and, and I recovered and was able to get back to work. But then the legalities of what occurred happened, and I, I, I have to say, the person that stole the vehicle, the, his he, it was two people. It was a, a young man and, and, I believe, his female girlfriend. She was killed at the scene. That was the person I saw on the ground. Oh, and uh, he survived. He survived, and he. There was not a trial because I, he was getting going to be sentenced. Yeah. And so, Gwinnett County, and I'm sure other counties do. I can only speak for the experience I had. They have a program where you you have a victim's advocate if you're a victim of a of a crime, mm-hmm. which we were. All four of us in that car were, and we had the opportunity to attend the sentencing of the person. And we also had the opportunity to read a victim's statement. And so this was uh, the following year, because the accident was in July, and I believe the sentencing was either in January or February of uh, 2018, that if I, you know, that I was told that this is, was gonna be the date and this was gonna be the, the time and you have the opportunity to do this. And I said, okay, I feel like I need to do this for some kind of closure and kind of see, I never got to see him yeah so we go and my husband did not want to give a statement of his own he said uh, you know you feel free you can speak for the both of us and you suffered out of the four people in the car I was the one that got just the area of the car that I was in I was the one that got the worst worst of the injuries Mm -hmm. so I did I I developed a victim statement and in sitting there watching and listening to the district attorney talk to the young man and it was on video at the time he was in jail and they just were doing the sentencing like a virtual and the one one question the da asked of the of this man was what his highest level of education was and he said the ninth grade and at that moment i have to say all the blood rushed out of my body and I said, I looked over at my husband and I started crying. I said, well, I said, this guy is old enough. He could be my son, number one. And he's only, he only made it through the ninth grade. I said, this, this problem, whatever issues and problems he's had, I said, he didn't come, he didn't make the decision to almost try to kill people and kill his girlfriend. It seems as though he's had some issues in his life and has made some not so great choices. Mm -hmm. And I really honestly, I do feel really bad for him. Mm -hmm. I feel feel fortunate to have survived. I feel bad that his girlfriend died, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's there's gotta be something 
this is there's a bigger picture here. Right. It was a, it was a aha moment for me to say, this is not the first time this has happened. Oftentimes, when people are involved in a crime or criminal activity, it is because of situations and circumstances in their life that they've right. gone through. And I had to, for my own sanity, I had to come from a place of like forgiveness. Yeah. And so my statement to him a- after that changed from changed what you written. From well, I had I had some some things I wanted to say, but it really to me at that point it just didn't matter. And I can say from from that moment of reading the statement on to now, I feel like and and going full circle to law school. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be a place where I can maybe make a difference. some sort of difference. I feel like there might be young people that need some sort of direction. There might be just people that need legal advice or, or somebody to speak on their behalf. And I would like to be that person. person. It just, uh, yeah, it instilled something in me that I was, I was just, you. yeah, it was... Um, an amazing thing to to witness and I I will say that I've thought about him every day since the accident and I have never thought about him in a I wish Malicious. I would yeah. I, I, I wish that um, he stays in jail kind of way this is my this is my worry my worry is he did get sentenced to 12 years in prison what's he gonna be when he comes out that's what worries me mm-hmm. is like I hope that he, I hope that he can experience experience change. right. I hope that he he learned from this and will move on. But again, and and, th- and this is for me being a part of the community. Who's going to hire him mm-hmm. to work a job? You've been a, you've spent twelve years in prison, convicted felon. When you come out of jail, what are you going to be able to realistically do? So does that then mean that he's which I, th- I think is a, a big problem. A is pattern. It's a pattern. How, how can he sustain himself if nobody will give him a chance? Mm. So I, don't know. I, I think that, again, in me kind of telling my story and talking to people in the business world and talking to people in the justice arena and talking to people in our leadership, in whether it's the county or whatever. I just I'm very I'm very concerned with a lot of things. I'm concerned with kids that are not getting the guidance they need when they're in school. Mm-hmm. They they may have a single parent. They may be in an, in in a household of abuse. Mm-hmm. Who knows? They might be in a foster. They might situation. be in a foster. Yes. And then they go through life and and I know when you commit a crime, yes, you, punishment for that suits the crime. I'm not trying to make excuses for criminals. I just, what's going to happen? And be a part of the solution. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I feel like there's something, there's something that I could do to, to fix that. I don't know what it is yet. I'm still going to school, so. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that it will become clear. Um, your passion is evident. And I'd like to say cheers to you for overcoming all of the challenges that came along <clears throat> with that, that instance. And you're here smiling and vibrant today. And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. um, your resilience here in just a moment when we come back from a word from our sponsors. But for those of you listening, I am speaking with Jessica Rantamaki, and she is with Geo Hydro Engineers. And we're going to have a quick word from our partners. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail, with their precision, machined, iron, and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women Series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender, offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast. Visit cchl.com locations to see all of their offices, including Gwinnett. All right, and welcome back. 
Um, again, I'm speaking with Jessica from Geohydro Engineers, and she just shared a very heartfelt story about an experience that she had not too long ago. And what I'd like um, our listeners to take from that, Jessica, is the ability to overcome. It is obvious that you are resilient and that you are passionate, and you didn't let that physical hiccup prevent you from regaining your strength and picking back up and continuing on with the things that you enjoyed physically, mentally, and emotionally. So I'd like to spend a little bit of time. Um, let's fast forward after you're fully physically recovered, mm -hmm. you were able to return to doing some of the things that you enjoyed most with Rick, yes, like yes. 5Ks and running. Yes. So yes. talk about that um, that reintegration physically yeah. into, you know, maybe Peloton, and then we'll yeah. uh, switch gears from, from the incident. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. So Again, both my husband and I are avid runners. He he and I were both committed to definitely running the peach tree the following year because obviously we, we had registered for the peach tree road race, which is a tradition of ours in 2017. And because the accident was July 1st, we were unable to do that. However, we were very committed to doing it again. And and my, of course, I, I did everything with the permission of my, my doctors. And uh, I asked my spinal surgeon if I wanted to do a half marathon, how long how long of a recovery, physical therapy, how long do you see that taking? And uh, he said, well, if you were in the NFL and had the injury you had, you'd be out for an, for an entire year. Wow. He said though, he said, I, I feel like six months, six to eight months with gradual increase in activity. So I said, okay, I, I get where you're going. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't allowed to run immediately. I had to start with walking. walking. Yeah. Luckily, I have the dog. So I told my husband, part of my physical therapy is, is also the walking the dog. <laughs> and that was really all I could do. I mean, initially, I had a walker. I wasn't allowed to drive. But once I was able to walking for a few months with the doctor's permission I, every time i would go back I, I felt like the most annoying patient on the planet but um he said no he said anyone that's been involved in physical activity is is like itching to get back because it does help you mentally yeah. it's uh as for you being an orange theory person mm -hmm. i know you know exercise has been great just to clear your mind mm -hmm. so it yeah just i had the permission to do the January after the accident, my first 5K, and then I really started training for a half marathon. So my husband and I registered for a half marathon in Martha's Vineyard, because I told him I wanted to do like a destination, destination yeah. race mm -hmm. in a fairly flat area, because who wants to run 13 miles of hills? Uh, hills? Yeah. I don't, the people that do that, I think are completely nuts. But so we did, we we made a plan. We registered to, to run that half marathon. And my, my cousin who lives in Connecticut, who came to visit me in the hospital, she actually met us to root me on um, during the half marathon at, at Martha's Vineyard and made it through, actually, did it in an under 10 minute per mile pace. I think what? my, I think it was like nine, nine 30 was my pace, which is That's not the fantastic. pace that I'm at now, but I, I was, Hey, listen, sometimes uh, that, that might be uh, <laughs> someone at this table's like normal pace. Okay. So it's, you're a rock star. I'm, it was, I was like, wow, this is crazy. So did that and just started really being able to be active again. And then uh, I found the love of stationary biking. And so I, I did make that leap. Mm -hmm. to get the uh the, you the joined peloton the cult. bike i did join the cult of the <laughs> peloton group and and again it's it's very strange but there's a whole community there, there is, and yeah. the, i find a lot of the instructors very inspiring um yoga was also a huge part of my physical therapy if you know just to touch on that because mm -hmm. i wasn't able to even run but I needed the muscle and the muscle flexibility, mm -hmm. so my uh, doctor impact. did approve me to to use yoga as a uh, a really good form of physical therapy. And uh, and really, I've just gotten to a place where without the activity, I really feel like I would go yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations on your Thanks. on your recovery. I'm so delighted to see you fully functioning and out there in the marketplace and yeah. doing. Um, athletic activities um, again alongside your husband Rick mm -hmm. um, speaking of the marketplace yes. I run into you a lot everywhere when we network all the way from <clears throat> Forsyth to Atlanta and mm -hmm. everything within Gwinnett um, for our listeners that are out there that 
participate in networking groups mm-hmm. and events. Being here in Gwinnett, we have the luxury, I'll say, because other marketplaces, chambers aren't quite as robust or resourceful. Right. We have a lot of opportunities to network and a lot of um, continuing education opportunities. Mm-hmm. Outside of Gwinnett, what are some networking groups that you participate in that you find value in? Gosh, outside of Gwinnett, I would say uh, in the construction industry in particular, which Mm -hmm. is what uh, we're involved in and I've been involved in for many years myself, I've been on the board of Associated Builders and Contractors, and that's been a a tremendous asset for our firm and as well as uh, for the construction industry as a whole. It's 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 a great organization. I have a lot of friends actually who I know that are members of the Gwinnett Chamber that are also ABC of Georgia members. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, having the opportunity to have served on that board and be really active in the construction community has been great. Uh, Crew, which is Commercial Real Estate for Women, is another great organization. ULI, Urban Land Institute, has a lot of great events that I participate in. There's uh, a tremendous amount of uh, industry Specific specific groups. events that mm-hmm. that uh, you can get involved in. I, again, though, with being working full time, which is my first priority, and then going to school in the evenings, I always have to really be super strategic about making sure a that I don't uh, double book myself, which I did realize I've mm-hmm. done that next week. But really making an effort to schedule everything and be really intentional about where I put my time because I also very passionate about the community. So. Mm-hmm. I've been involved being on on the board of a couple of different Gwinnett organizations mm-hmm. that I'm involved with. So I, again, I, I want to make sure that I'm I'm touching all of the things that are most important to me mm-hmm. um, without losing anything. Yeah. And I think you and I were having that conversation before the show, mm-hmm. um, finding what event or what group would be most fruitful for um, your, your end goal or result. If you're looking to form relationships, if you have prospects in the arena, so on and so forth. Absolutely. Talking about community service, I know a mm-hmm. lot of companies are really big into philanthropy and they have certain mm-hmm. um, organizations that they you know, align themselves with to give back. Uh, with GeoHydro or just you yourself, what are you enthusiastic about as far as service and giving back to our community? My, both my employer and myself, uh, so on a, on a business and a, and a personal level, I'm, we're, I'm very focused on uh, the community that we work in. I have had the opportunity to uh, serve on the Aurora Theaters Board Mm -hmm. and uh, look forward to what the future brings, especially after what we've all experienced last year. Uh, We we have a lot of wonderful programming coming up and uh, amazing things in the pipeline with the ability to do a lot of performances at the at the new Lawrenceville Art Center. It's going to be fantastic. So the the arts is a is a personal passion of mine. Again, another shout out to uh, Swanee. I've mm-hmm. been involved in and have done some volunteer work with the Swanee Arts Commission and uh, having the public art space is as has been great. Another uh, huge attraction for folks coming to visit not only Swanee, but the Gwinnett area as a whole. Mm-hmm. More on a work-related, but also a personal note, I've recently was appointed as one of the board members for the Water Tower, Ooh. and that's a, a really amazing campus for water research and innovation and uh, new technologies to be developed because our, our water resources are not uh, infinite. Yes. And it's going to take a lot of focus on conservation and technology and, and making sure that people in our community have access to safe, clean water because there are communities in the, in the, even in the United States of America, as we've seen on the news, that don't have access to it. So how, how can this organization that I'm a part of be involved in helping to ensure that mm-hmm. for, our, for our future generations? generations. I spoke to um, Charlotte Nash a couple mm-hmm. years back when the show first launched, and yes. it was when she was still the chairwoman before Nicole Love was coming in. Yes. And that was a really hot topic for her, was the conservation of water, specifically here in Gwinnett, the resources, how they're not unlimited, and mm-hmm. how we need to put some measures in place ahead of time for our future. Absolutely. So I think that's a, a testament it's, that this is still an ongoing um, project and that people are making great strides to try and improve that. A hundred percent crucial very crucial we can't we can't do without water um jessica 
I've enjoyed speaking with you so much and our hour has just flown by so quickly. I do want to ask you if there are any nuggets of wisdom or anything that you would like to leave with our listeners um, as far as maybe overcoming obstacles or as far as powering through or just reaching goals. This will probably make me cry because every time I watch this movie, I cry. So It's a Wonderful Life, probably one of my favorite movies of all time thought about it while I was in the hospital in July when Clarence the Angel said or wrote in that little book no man is a failure who has friends it's my since the accident it's just my mantra because sometimes I do kick myself a little bit and I get discouraged if I don't if I make a mistake or if I do something wrong or but then I think you know I I am extremely fortunate I wouldn't I wouldn't I can promise you I would not be here today in this halfway sane state without the support of of all of my friends and that's chamber friends business friends work friends my husband is my best friend yeah gotta have a good support system you know I really like um what you said about you know it's kind of like rallying around the community kind of rallied around you yes and it's not like Mm -hmm. you went out and told everybody I'm sure Rick didn't either (laughs) but the fact that people were in tune enough or Mm -hmm. cared enough to Mm -hmm. make the effort to reach out is really a testament to your network and to the community as you said I thank them every day every time I see them everyone in the community it's a big whatever I can do to at least in some way repay that's to pay it forward absolutely yes now um we were talking about podcasting before Mm -hmm. before the show and I asked you where you like to listen to your podcast yes tell our listeners where you listen so I I Recently found uh, some podcasts that I enjoy. I'm a big fan of comedy in life. I've, I've had too much that wasn't comedy. Uh, I need to laugh. And uh, on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I'm going to look it up because you, you told really me I wrote do. it down earlier. Yeah, I, right here. I tell you, I love that Conan. And and the guests he has, I just, I, I sit in traffic and people look at me like I'm crazy. Because you're just laughing. I'm, I'm laughing hysterically. I'm like, God, I love that guy. That's good. I'm going to have to plug it in. <laughs> awesome. Well, for all of our listeners out there that would care to catch any of our previous episodes with other powerhouse ladies, our shows are available 24-7 online. Online, uh, businessradiox.com. Just simply select the Gwinnett Studio. I myself listen on iTunes as well, but I do subscribe on pretty much all the platforms. That said, if you find value in this series and you enjoy the stories that these powerhouse ladies are sharing, please do subscribe, rate, and review. We would appreciate your feedback. And follow us on social media, guys, if you're not already connected at Gwinnett Radio X so you can stay up to date. Uh, Again, my guest was Jessica, and she is with Hydro Engineers. And I'm going to try one more time. Jessica Rantamaki. You got it. (laughs) And I have been your host, Amanda Pierch. And this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. 